If you have ever been curious about Dungeons and Dragons, or the people who play it, you've come to the right place. Welcome to Ready Set Roll Insight, where you will learn how to be a better player and what drew people to the game in the first place. Now, join us for Insight with your host, Daniel Wells. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Ready, Set, Roll, Insight. I am your host, Daniel Wells, and with me today is Nathan, uh, the host, producer, co-producer of Night's Quest. Hello, that's me. I'm Nathan. <laughs> uh, Nathan was gracious enough to uh, come on to Insight to give me a little interview to talk about his show, Night Quest, and everything about it. Uh, so first question I normally ask a new guest is... Um, their tabletop RPGing experience or tabletop gaming experience in general, how many years they've been playing, things they've done over the years. Mm -hmm. So, floor is yours. All right, so start answering that one? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, so I first started getting involved um, with tabletop RPGs when I was in college. Uh, all throughout middle school, high school, that time, I never played like any official ones. I would always like make up games for me and my siblings to play um but they were never like you know, it wasn't like D, D or pathfinder we just play pretend with rules um but then finally in, in college one of my buddies that i did improv with he had been doing D D for you know since his whole life and he wrote me into it and i, I remember very clearly when i first started i'm like i don't know I, i've heard about D, D. you know it's a big commitment i don't think i'm gonna be that guy so my first set of dice i got like the bargain bin cheapo dice you know i, I didn't buy my own minis you know i use someone else's player handbook and so we played and of course I got hooked. I'm like, Oh, this is the thing I've been wanting my whole life. Like this is the game. Um, and so now I'm at a spot where I've got more dice than I'll ever need. I have 3d printers to print my own minis source books, you know, DMing multiple campaigns, you know, I'm in, they got me, I'm hooked. Um, so yeah, I've been playing for a couple of years now. I guess it's more than a couple quite a handful of years now. <laughs> um, yeah. And so I've, it, it's, it's been a great way to, do structured storytelling because that's that's the one thing i love most is telling stories oh yeah and you know i always thought i'd be a writer but that takes way too long i don't got that commitment but the beauty of like D and just role-playing games in general is you can tell a story really fast you don't have to worry about editing it or you know proofreading you just tell the story and that's how it is well on that writing bit i actually listened to your all's pasta talks episode <laughs> uh, pasta talks Mm -hmm. yes. It's quite funny and enjoyable. Uh, but with that episode, you discussed how um, you wrote the overarching story of Night's Quest in high school. Yes. Yes. So our show Night's Quest, it's got a, a long story to it. So when I was in high school, one of my other friends, um, they we were bored in class and he had been into um, a like uh, a role-playing game where you just like text-based adventure role-playing game. Mm -hmm. And so we were playing that in class because he would write something on the notebook, give it to me. I would write a response <laughs> and we went back and forth in class, just passing notebooks passing across notes. the desk. Oh, no. Yep. And we never got caught, which was the craziest. Part. We did this for years and you know, we would be in multiple classes, not always sitting next to each other. So we would like lob the notebook <laughs> over other people and other desks, never got in trouble. So we wrote this story back and forth for a handful of years and you know, I kept the notebooks and it was this epic 
story, where at least we saw it as epic, where you've got this main character, the hero, and then he was, you know, the writer of the world. And at one point, my character is being threatened by him. He's like, you know what? If you start going against my will, I'm going to smite you. You know, send fire falling from the sky. So I'm like, the only way I can win is by becoming the writer myself. So we end up swapping roles. I found like a genie bottle and wished to become the writer. And so then God, you know, his character, you know, being God of that world became the hero. And then I swap places and that <laughs> ended up happening quite a few times. We thought it was super cool. And even looking back at it, there were some beats throughout that story, you know, the villains and, and just the whole concept of the writer becoming the character I thought was really good. And in college, I was reading this with my roommates, reading it out loud because I thought it was a fun story. And of course, we're making fun of it because it was written in high school and some of the spelling is terrible. There are so many cliches and the pacing is awful because sometimes we would go back and forth for a whole day and it would be a decent pacing. And then we would have to wait a couple weeks or, you know, a couple days between writing. And so they would accelerate the pacing because in our mind, it felt like it had been that long. So the story had tons of plot holes and it was terrible, but it was still fun. And so I'm reading it with my friends, Jake and Jamie. And to make it more interesting, Jake, who is a very talented um, actor and voice impressionist, uh, he would read some of the different characters. And then I would read some. And then our friend Jamie, he would just listen and enjoy. And after we graduated college, we would continue to read it. But then we finished. We finished reading all the story that was written. And we realized, oh, man, we're not going to have a reason to hang out anymore. And so <laughs> then... They suggested, uh, what if we play our own version of Knight's Quest, which is what the name of this story was. And so I'm like, yeah, that sounds fun. You know, we can jump back into this world that we had started. I had started making in high school um, and been kind of playing around with ever since then. And I realized that we all had different gifts. And so I was really good at building these overarching stories and world building and doing voices and characters. So I was like, well, obviously, I'm going to be the writer. I'm going to be this this you know, the DM, the GM character. Um, but my friend Jake, he was also very good at doing voices and characters. And so I'm like, if I just have you play one character, that's not using all the talent that you have. So I'm like, you should play multiple people. Some of them silly, goofy, one-off characters. Some of them main party characters. And that's something he thrives at. And he's also very good at just making up random stuff that then I have to figure out how that fits in the world canonically. Um and then Jamie, he's also a great actor. That's how we met him was in, in theater. Um, but he's really good at diving deep into you know a character, figuring out their motives. Um, so we had him play the main character so we could really get a nice fleshed out uh, main character. And then later on, uh, he ended up composing the music for all our episodes. Every episode has oh. um, original scored music, except for maybe like the first few because we didn't know we were doing it yet. Right. Um, but yeah, that's something he cranks out for every episode. Some new songs whether it be battle music or a training montage or just a nice scene setting music. Um, so that, yeah, now we have music and I think that uses his gifts in a unique way. So we all have these different roles in the show, but we all tell this one story and yeah, it's a lot of fun. None of us, none of us know what's going on because each one of us has control. So whenever we sit down to record, it's not like, okay, I know exactly what's going to happen. Like I might have an idea. We'll bump into this person or do this event. But at the end of the day, I don't know how the story is going to end and neither do they. And so we're all in it. You know, we're in the ride just as much as the uh, the audience is. So you've got the world. Jake's got the characters and Jamie's got the main protagonist. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's very interesting. Honestly, just how 
a simple story from high school came into being three seasons worth of a mm-hmm. podcast, which congrats on that. You know, sometimes well, you. podcasts have trouble making it past their second season, but once you hit that stride of season three, it just keeps going. Yeah. Um, yeah that was, that's definitely been a tough one to overcome getting schedules. You know, as we get older, mm-hmm. you know, Jake has got a kid. We obviously don't live close to each other. So, you know, stuff like Zoom and Skype have been like, oh, we can still record, just not in the same room. This is great. And also makes the audio better because they were not like getting each other's echo in the in the audio. Right. But yeah. Um, so tell me a little bit about the beginning of the story of Night's Quest. How did you yep. all come up with the start of it? This is more for the listeners. Um, how uh, Jamie's character, uh, Rainer, Reiner? Mm-hmm. Yep. Rainer uh, came to be. For you yeah. All. So the story started where I kind of had a vision of the world because I'd been playing with it and making different timelines. And so I found a spot that I had created that I thought would have a lot of interesting moments. You know, there's a civil war ish going on. There's some interesting characters in the world that they could meet, but it was also not 100% fleshed out so we could make stuff. So I thought let's start, you know, your standard, nice, quiet village. So the story starts in the town of Goldon, where Rainer is the son of a, a bard. Um, and he starts off the first episode, I will admit is not the easiest to listen, uh, because we didn't know it was going to be a podcast. Originally, we just started recording it because we wanted to keep the story for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, so we recorded it using a laptop microphone and it's two hours long and that's the trimmed down version. So it's like, my gosh. yeah. So I understand when I tell people, Hey, listen to the show. I always, I'm like, Hey, just so you know. Please, like when you listen to the first episode, it does it gets so much better. Even by episode two, we use a real mic, and then we get more micro. It get it gets better. Please. Mm-hmm. Um, so if that is something that as you're listening, you're like, hey, I want to check out this show, and that is a trouble, for, like sore spot for you. We also try to make season two a good launch point for people to jump into. Um, you will miss a couple, you know, story beats obviously from season one, but we we try to make it so you can still follow along. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it starts off quiet town. He's got to do some chores for his dad. And originally, I thought that was going to be like five minutes. I would go do the chores. And then the inciting incident happened. The bad guy shows up. Uh, No, that took that took till episode three, because we our first rule was any joke we make becomes canon. And we made lots of jokes. Oh, no. And and so part of me is like, oh, I should trim down episode one. You know, I I should just I should make it shorter, make it easy for people to listen to all of the jokes we make end up becoming really important like our main antagonist starts off as one of us accidentally saying a word wrong um or someone getting obsessed with hey they're drawing a cow painting but it looks really weird i'm gonna get obsessed with it and try to figure out the mysteries of this cow painting and that leads to a deep mystery about how the world works not or the original plan again it's all improvised we make it all up so we had no idea that the fact that one of the characters likes to eat bread a lot would end up becoming a, a link to them being able to connect to this spirit of chaos. It's <laughs> what? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And all, like I said, Jake is very good at making, he'll just say stuff. And then the character has this weird dream about a six armed cow. And I'm like, great. Now I got to figure out what that means. Like, what does that have to do with everything else we've made? Um, so he keeps me on my toes. Uh, but yeah, so episode one, I a hundred percent, not the greatest two hours of audio, but, I still laugh. I still think it's funny. And it's almost kind of like um, 
for people that I know that do listen to the show, once they get through that one, it's almost like a a test that once you, you, you get committed, like I made it through that. Now I'm into the show. Now I'm, now I'm committed to it. And I'm like, great. I, I appreciate you enjoying it. But yeah. Starts off calm. couple friends. They do some pranks. Uh, but eventually they have to go fight evil spirits and, and do quests to save their town. And it throughout the seasons end up traveling across this fantastical world and meeting all sorts of crazy people going to ancient and magical places. And yeah, it, it's a standard like fantasy world where it starts in this quiet hometown yeah. and then it, it ends up getting pretty crazy from there. Well, then here, here's a curious question I have then. Uh, are you the main editor of the show? Yep. In its entirety? Do you ever find trouble about while you're editing cutting out a joke that you mm. thought was really funny but you don't think would land with the audience or something like that? Do you ever have those moments of conflict mm. Yes. Yeah. Uh, especially with that first episode, I knew it had to be shorter. So I just took out jokes that weren't plot related. But even since then, um, you know, sometimes we'll make a joke that the three of us think is hilarious because it's an inside joke about, oh, remember this YouTube video we saw? It's, <sighs> it's our favorite. But no one else has seen it. Or since we're doing it over um, Skype, we'll make a joke about the Skype formatting. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, well, the listeners can't see that. And so sometimes we try to explain it and I'll keep it in just because it ends up then becoming plot important, which is a blessing and a curse of ours that all our jokes tie into the plot. And we're like, dang it, why'd we do that? Um, one joke, one running joke we started in I think season two or season three. We have one, uh, a mutual friend between the three of us. His name is Lowell. And we know he watches or listens to the show, but he usually listens on his commute. And so sometimes we'll say something like, oh, this mystical creature looks like this real life animal. And we'll say, oh, we just Googled it. You guys should do that too. It looks cool. But then we'll say, no, Lowell, you can't do it. You're driving. Don't look it up on your phone. It's a danger. And so anytime we like tell the audience to like look up something on their own, we then yell at Lowell. And it's surprising how many times he'll then message us later. He goes, yeah, you're right. I was driving. Uh, you got me. <laughs> We're like, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> so yeah, sometimes you got to cut out the jokes. Thankfully, I don't do it too often. Most of them do work. Um, I've gotten better at like timing us. So I know mm. our length is correct. Um. But yeah, there's there's a couple. And so what I've also started doing um, in season two was I would keep those as bloopers and say, you know, at the end of the episode, after I do all the announcements, is just plop a blooper right at the end to then entice people. Hey, if you listen to the announcements, then you get to hear a funny blooper. So here's a funny a joke <laughs> for you. Little treat. Right. Little, little special treat for you. What are the big... Are there any big plans you all have going forward in Night's Quest? Anything more than just, you know, just doing a normal recording uh, weekend? Do you guys release weekly? Uh, we're bi-weekly. Bi-weekly. Yep. Uh, is there any, like, big overarching plans for Night's Quest going forward? Yeah. Do you mean the story or more like the show? S story and the show. Because I know sometimes whenever you hit this point so that you don't feel a lull which i don't yeah. think you guys are hitting that at all with how your creation process mm -hmm. goes is there anything bigger you're wanting to do with it yeah expansion? i mean uh just a couple things that we want to do that are not part of the podcast we would love to do like a, a live show someday oh, yeah. release like t-shirts right now we do have some merch we sell like stickers um on our website kqpodcast.com <laughs> um but so that's something related to that but we've kind of been waiting for obviously the pandemic to die down and yeah 
find a space that we could have because our audience isn't huge, but we know we have enough people that like, hey, if we had a venue for like 20 people, we might get the 20 people to show up. Um, but as far as the show goes, one thing we all feel very strongly about is that stories need an ending, right? Yeah. You can have a beginning, a middle, but there's so many times like a TV show or whatever will just keep going on and on and on. And then it's no longer good. So with our third season, we are we've 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 announced this is it's going to be the end of this current story arc. Um, so whatever these characters are going through, that's going to all get wrapped up. They can you know have some nice resolution, and then we're going to just pick up another story, same world but maybe a different time period. Um, so that way we can continue to play. And, and I feel very confident that we'll be able to do that. We've done a couple like bonus episodes. We'll just do like a one-off story, and it'll still be just as funny. Um, because we're improvising that nature so we can make a story up really quick. Um, so our goal is just to go as long as we can. And whenever a story feels like, all right, this story is done, we wrap it up and let's tell a new story in the same world. And it's a big old world. We can, we can fit all kinds of stories in it. So you're technically closing out, uh, Rainer's, uh, book three. Yes. Yeah. That's a good way of seeing it. Yeah. <laughs> The Rainer trilogy ends and in going into whatever new characters I suppose yes. Jamie decides to make. And, and that's some of the fun parts too. If you go and listen to episode one, there's so much of that main character that gets made up in in front of you guys. Like that's what I, we do as our show is we keep a lot of that in is is us making stuff up. Now, if we were sitting there for 20 minutes thinking of the name of a magic creature, I'll cut that out. That's boring. Yeah. But like in the show, I go, okay, Rainer, what? what is what job does your dad have and he goes i think he's a bard so within the first five minutes i'm like all right he's a bard and i'm like uh even the main cast we go all right hey uh is my friend leroy in town i'm like i guess you have a friend leroy i guess he's <laughs> he's in the show I, we'll add him in it or i had introduced a female character that i was going to be like the love interest and both jake and jamie are like no we don't want that and i'm like all right i guess that's not a part of the show and so there's so much that we we build. So I'm really excited for season four for us to start from the ground up again and, and build something new. And we'll all be really excited about that new story. My current thought is pirates. Can be some kind of pirate setting. Ooh, on the That's ocean. My thought. On the ocean. Good luck with that. I've, I've <laughs> always heard that doing pirate adventures are difficult to start. I, uh, I attempted to do one myself and was like, all right, you're only going to be pirates, marauders. No, we're all privateers. <laughs> oh, no. Come okay, on. I guess that's what we're doing. Yep, all right. Yes, and, yeah. <laughs> Ship battles were a nightmare because one, my cousin's very intelligent and knows how to screw me over on a regular basis. <laughs> mm. that, is, that is one thing <laughs> that we uh, we do a lot is I'll come up with plans, right? Because I got I to gotta tell a story somehow. I'll come up with a plan. And, and sometimes it feels like their sole job Jake and Jamie's job is just to thwart my plan. Like there's a whole goal. They're like, all right, let's see how we can mess with Nathan's story. And so that's why I usually don't tell them. So they don't know what the plan is. So they can't mess it up. Um, but I think it keeps it better. There's been a couple of times throughout the story where I thought, all right, we're going to wrap up this moment and move on to the next beat of the story, move on to the next location. But then they'll do something that I'm like, okay, that's, way more interesting. Uh, I guess we need to stay in this city longer and deal with that political uprising you just started. Um, or how you accidentally just blessed all the villains with a wish from one of the spirits. Okay. Uh, I didn't see that coming, but I guess we got to do that now. I feel good in my villainy. 
good. Real good. So they basically just take a wrench and like either throw it into the cogs or add an extra part. Yep. Yep. But that's I think what makes a story makes it makes it better. It it keeps it from being predictable. Otherwise I fall into cliches and tropes. Um but then they make up this new stuff. I'm like, you know, that's pretty cool. Let's let's do your plan instead. So I got one more question for you. How do you manage your world building? Hmm. Like, how do you keep all the voices that you make in your head consistent to what you created them? Because I do find that I have a problem with that sometimes. I'll make a character, know this character is going to be a long-running character, but then I forget that's their voice, and I'm like, yep. oh, no. Did they have an accent? Did they just have a rough <laughs> voice? Right. How do you keep that all managed? Yeah. So as far as, like, characters and voices go, um, sometimes I will admit, I do a terrible job at it. There'll be a couple characters that if you like binge or like listen to like season one and then season three, you go, the voice is different. That's a different voice. And so I'll like, I have friends who are you know starting and I'll listen to an episode with them. I go, Oh yikes. Oh, that is like a hundred percent different voice. Um, but sometimes what I'll do is I'll try to just think of funny voices just before we record, like, okay, here's a funny voice that I made up one time, try to record it so I can remember it. And then when I know a character is going to be long running, I pull from one of those voices that I know I can duplicate. Um, and then I can go from there. The trouble is when we bump into a character that's this random guard or shopkeep, I make up a voice that I don't think I'll ever need again. And then they end up becoming the emotional crux of the entire show. And I'm like, oh, what was, who were they? Like that's one of our current characters in season three was a, just a bumped into them supposed to be one time. And now they're helping them assassinate a political leader with this person. And I'm like, I every time it's a different voice and I it's merging and blending into other character voices. Um, but as far as managing the world, I have, you know, a Google Doc folder just full of maps, country flags, timelines. I have like one document that I just try to type everything in. That's like 100 pages on Google Docs long. And so you can like control F and be like, when did this thing happen? There it is. Um, a lot of it is stuff that is never going to be in the show. I just like world building and it's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of it is stuff that Jake or Jamie makes where I'm like, they go to a bar and they make up a drink that is there. I'm like, all right, let's add that. They drink, you know, dragon spit whiskey. That's the beverage. And it's super strong. <laughs> so I try to <laughs> try to type it all down. That's I, I see that is the least funny name out of all the drinks we've come up oh, with. No. So there's Dragon Spit Whiskey. They went to another country where we had to make up the language. So we're just making up random words. And we called the beverage Sukma. <laughs> yes. And we made the joke. And that's our rule. Every joke is canon. So now that's a beverage called Sukma. Oh, no. <laughs> Put some hair on your chest. So that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so we're, we're usually laughing at... Oh. Even even the stuff that slows down the plot, like naming beverages, we try to ha- we try to make that fun. At the end of the day, you're also trying to just, even though you're doing it for an audience, you're still just trying to have fun. Because if yeah. you're not having fun, the audience isn't having fun. I I know a joke is funny when I laugh at it a second time while I'm <laughs> editing it in the exact same spot I laughed the first time. I'm like, okay, that one that one landed. That one's good. <laughs> well, we are coming towards the end of the show. Um, it went by really fast, honestly. It was. Um, I know that was fun. It was a very enjoyable uh, talk with you about Knight's Quest, the world building, and hopefully, you listeners out there go 
to that first episode and <laughs> test your limits of a two-hour <laughs> laptop mic <laughs> recording. Um, but before I let Nathan go, I always do what I do at the end of the show, which is the inside part of the show. At this segment, me and my guests give a point of insight that people can take forward into their own tabletop gaming experience or in anything in general and gaming wise. Um, I have mine ready. Do you? um, I do. You want me to go first? No, I can go first. I'm ready. Go ahead. Um, So I've kind of actually talked about this a little bit, but for me, when it comes to any role playing game, whether you're the DM, the GM, a player, uh, is just that first rule of improv, which is yes and, um, where you agree with what the other people are doing and you build onto that. Uh, I know that my least favorite moments when I've been playing Dungeons and Dragons as the dungeon master is when I'm like, okay, we're going in this cave, we're doing this thing, and all the players go, now we want to do something else, but I force them into that, oh, yeah. and they didn't, they didn't have as much fun. They didn't want to be there, and I regret that. Likewise, my favorite moments, you know, when being dungeon master or even in the show is when someone else has an idea and I take my old boring idea, right? I already talked about this, throw it out the window and go with what they have. Um, And that works really well as a player too. The few times I'm a player is maybe you're in a combat and you see your friend is doing something towards the monster instead of just doing something else because my character is independent, does whatever they want. I can build off what they're doing. Maybe they cast fairy fire. Okay, now I'm going to attack or they're setting up and, or distraction so I can I can build in you know build off each other and that creates those richer cohesive stories versus like five different tangent characters doing stuff no it's one unit one story um so yeah whether you're you know leading the game or just a player or just in life in general you know it's just a good life tip you mm-hmm. know agree with what other people are doing and then build off of that and that's what I think creates the best stories well, that was a very good piece of insight there thank you my piece of insight is don't be afraid to make things up on the spot, mm. both as a player and as a DM guide, GM, depending on what you're playing. Just sometimes your players are going to throw something at you that you weren't expecting. But think of how cool it would be if you could let them do what they want to do mm. and they're successful at it, like um, convincing an entire cult of bakers that. Uh, their leader is full of full of it and uh, challenge their leader to a bake off and win. Yes. That I want I'm going to steal that. That's good. <laughs> um, but that is my insight for that. Just make things up on the spot and up. see how it plays out. Well, Nathan, Beautiful. I really thank you for coming on, on this uh, interview. Hopefully it wasn't too short notice for you on. No, the, this is fun. This was great. And, um, Everybody go listen to Night's Quest. Um, got any plugs for us real quick before you head? Yeah. Um, all of our merch, the music, the episodes, you can find all that at our website, kqpodcast.com. Of course, the show is available wherever podcasts are found, your Spotify's, your iTunes, Stitchers, all that good stuff. Yeah. If you're up for the challenge, start in episode one, season one. If you are not, you can start in season two and go from there. All right. Uh, and all those uh, all those links will also be in the show notes below. Everybody, thank you for joining Nathan and I on Ready, Set, Roll, Insight, and we'll catch you next time. Later. <laughs>